to Five Blossom Radio with your host, Denise Richard. Five Blossom Empowerment is based on an unusual model for growth, combining elements of the arts, health, and spirituality. Now, here is Denise Richard. Welcome today to Five Blossom Gatherings. This is Denise Richard. I'm very excited uh, to open up this very strong and very important uh, discussion today. We're going to speak to very, two very special guests who've written a book called Chaos to Clarity, uh, Sacred Stories of Transformational Change. And how we're going to approach that is very simply this podcast is set up into two segments. And uh, there'll be a little break at midpoint so you can take a little drink of water if you need to. And so we're going to, I'm going to start by just uh, explaining a little bit about how this is presented because the book is, uh, is unique in, in many ways and not. What's unique about it is that we're speaking about real pain and about real people and real healing. And the stories of transformation are brought to us today by Patricia Caganiello and Kathleen O'Keefe Canavos, who Basically, the, the, the imprint is to share inspirational stories that teach us about how uh, inspired humanity can bring us through the chaos into clarity. So it's a wonderful time of year to bring this kind of um, sensitive matter because we're all feeling the change. It's a time of year where the heart gets touched by the, the holidays and the, the, the changes in the new year. And uh, I'm welcoming these two very special guests. Uh, first, I'd like to introduce Patricia. Uh, I'd love to welcome you, Patricia, if you'd like to say hello to our guests, our listeners today. Uh, I love your way of work, and uh, it inspires humanity. So please, can you say hello and uh, tell us a little bit about the understanding of your work and your new book, Chaos to Clarity? Yeah, thank you so much, Denise. Um, I'm excited to be here with you. So my name is Reverend Patricia Caginello, and I'm um, the founder of Sacred Stories Publishing, which is actually the publisher of our new book, Chaos to Clarity, Sacred Stories of Transformational Change. And and all of our books at Sacred Stories Publishing, I, you know, are close to my heart. But this one in particular, because I'm also a co-author, so it's a little extra special for me, and, and I get to have the fun of coming on interviews and so forth, um, like today. So as you mentioned, our book, Chaos to Clarity, is a, is a collection of stories. We reached out... Um, it, my co-author and I just kind of reached out and said, can people, would they like to send us their stories of significant change? You know, tell us their hero or heroine's journey, you know, the change, the journey, and then the positive outcome or perspective. And let's see what we get, you know, because my journey, my spiritual opening, my path was uh, started with a significant change event, and I know many others are as well. And what we received back is just this, just phenomenal, 30 phenomenal stories from people from around the world who shared their stories um, that range from, you know, different health and wellness, battling different illnesses through uh, losing love, finding love, um, uh, abuse, addiction, self-doubt, self-worth issues, you know, just some really... uh, 
we call it the heart of our shared humanity. These are human stories, real stories, and um, and so the book really came together beautifully. And and I love that you say that it inspires humanity because that's what we're receiving. You know, I think that when people uh, can find their similar, you know, similarities instead of looking for our differences, you know, we can connect on a level that's meaningful. Um, you know, we feel inspired and hopeful. So, yeah. So well, thank you. Thank you. I'm, I, I, hear, I hear that this has been quite a journey for you already to, um, to receive so much. There are many compliments here. First of all, that you've had a lot of uh, response and that uh, there's a calling to, um, to speak and to um, to allow for that transformation. So I, I'm inspired to know more. Uh, I'd like you to perhaps, uh, now we'd like to bring in Kathleen and say hello. Kathleen, are you there? Thank you so much, Denise, for having us on your show today. We, we you know, we've been talking about it this morning before we even got on. We were so excited. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yes, my name is Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis, but I hope you and your, your listeners will call me Kat. Uh, everybody does. And yes, I, I want to reiterate everything that uh, Reverend Patricia Caginello just said and also add that, you know, one of the things that inspired us to write this book was we realized few people managed to go through life without experiencing the physical pain of an illness or emotional pain of losing a loved one. But and it's not so much just about the hero story of that journey, but how we deal with that pain that makes mm-hmm. the difference. We wanted to hear how these authors used their tragedy to make them stronger and even mm-hmm. happier. And mm-hmm. we wanted to know what inspired them to get mm-hmm. to that place. And we offered them the voice to do that through our book, which mm-hmm has been such a success. It is the, the Amazon number one bestseller right now in new releases, and it was an Amazon bestseller before it even uh, went live on Amazon. Sure. So it's like the universe is nodding, saying, yes, you are the platform to give all these people the voice uh, or, or the platform to share their voice with the world through universal oneness, the butterfly effect, and so we're very excited to be on your show now, sharing mm-hmm. it with your listeners. Well, thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In our little um, check-in and, and our discussion together before we, uh, we put all this together, one of the things that we talked about was that this book has um, two very specific uh, platforms. One is... Uh, you entitled The Spirituality of Change, and the other was The Psychology of Change, and how each of you can speak a little bit to that. I'd love to hear, uh, first of all, let's start with The Spirituality of Change and how this term, which you've given, um, feels very comfortable to me, uh, since we are defining a way of looking at spirituality through the experience of a process, of an earthly process. Um, so, Patricia, would you please um, let us know a little bit about how, um, about this way of work and tell us about the meaning or what can you tell us about the spirituality of change? Yes, absolutely. So, I call it the spirituality of change because the significant change event in my life really propelled me to seek deeper answers. 
you know, I was, I needed to understand the pain that I was feeling. It was unexpected in, in so many ways. And, and, and I'm an, Today, I'm an ordained interfaith, interspiritual minister. I went into two years of, of study. Um, again, just seeking. You know, I was seeking, and I experienced a number of spiritual experiences, and those are still ongoing in my life. But what I've found uh, through my experiences and through my study, and, and actually it's a quote that came to me a few years ago, and, and I include it in the book, is that in the experience is the emotion, and in the emotion is the gift. And, and what I mean by that is that, you know, we're all spiritual beings. I, I mean, I believe that um, with my whole heart. And, but I think we're so busy doing life, and that doesn't mean that anything's wrong. I mean, you know, we could have a wonderful life, but we're kind of doing life. We may not be as deeply connected uh, within ourselves or really with all that is around us. You know, we might not be having those deeper reflections or or uh, going within uh, to that, you know, into the heart of where I think everything is, um, until our attention is caught, right? Until something catches our attention. And, and what happens, you know, most of the time is that's through illness or loss or some sort of traumatic change. It catches our attention. We feel a very deep emotion, right, and in the emotion of the experience, and then we seek answers. Um, and those answers typically come from within or come from a deeper spiritual understanding or opening. And so I talk about the spirituality of change in the book from that perspective, that it is the opportunity, the experiences, mm. the deep emotion are opportunities for us to connect truly mm-hmm. to the essence of who we, we really are. Mm-hmm. And in this way, we also, I'm hearing you say that the experience sometimes is very painful. And uh, it's one of the most delicate things to speak to because there's, I mean, we all have, um, let's say, the, the potential. And we all have a unique and distinct way of relating uh, to something bigger or to that issue of spirituality. So I, I love the the fact that you have many voices that have come together here, and speak in that way of uh, of respect for the fact that um, we have to perhaps give a little bit of space uh, to the fact that it is a journey, and I I like the fact that you've called it a spiritual change, the spirituality of change. It's it's unique, and I'm thanking you for that comment. Um, when we look at the issue of psychology of change um, as a way of saying that the way of working uh, is a little bit different, Kathleen, can you bring in a little bit of a distinct distinctiveness there that would help us understand uh, what this term means or how how you how you experience it? Yes, and 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 my my point of view comes from uh, teaching psychology at USF and having a degree in psychopathology because I did teach uh, special education for for ten years, and so the the fear of change or changing things is called metathesiophobia, and meta is Greek that means change, and phobia means fear. And metathesiophobia is often linked with uh, tropophobia, which is the fear of moving and death. Mm. So the root of change phobia 
is actually deeply embedded in our psyche. Because mm-hmm. all the way back to the time when we actually lived in, in caves rather than smart homes like today, we love routine and we resist change to feel in control. Even if we are controlling negativity, at least we feel in control with routine. Whether mm-hmm. it's working or not, we kind of mm-hmm. know what to expect. And there's a real uh, desire to know to, to, to be with the devil we know versus the devil we don't know. Um, so we're hardwired, actually hardwired, to resist uncertainty, and uncertainty is change. Our brain and emotions prefer predictability, negative outcomes over an uncertain change. And that's why many of the stories in the book, Chaos to Clarity, are about abusive relationships and how change from that relationship was more frightening than the the abuse itself until there was a do-or-die moment. Like Mm -hmm. Teresa Velarde's story in Part 1, which is called Crazy Little Thing Called Love, Courage is fear that said its prayers. And she says in the book, she sold her soul for a wedding band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're talking about relationships at its, at its very basic level. So if you can identify or you've been able to share a little bit about how there is an identity uh, that we've created in the patterns, and you've also talked a little bit about the relationship to changing that identity or moving ourselves away from that place of fear or terror, if you want to, you know, in in certain cases, and how that relationship has to grow. That's the relationship that changes, it sounds like. And if that is difficult, then we're looking at a lot of change uh, in certain circumstances, which is understandably not an easy thing to do. So my question then is if, I mean, I'm enjoying this because it's it's real. It's real mm-hmm. that we all, we're all walking the same way towards looking at being human beings and facing difficulty. But if, if I think about what you just said in the writing, uh, on the topic of change, and both for both of you, one speaking about the emotionality of it and the other about the psychology of that and the responsibility of sharing this together. When those who, um, who we care about, this is a little question I have, those who we care about cannot show, let's say, the expected level of response or integrity, if you want to call it, um, how how do we proceed? Like, how do we make the shift from support from a person supporting a cer- certain circumstance to leadership? If 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 everything you've just said is so real to us, that's so. That's I don't know if you understand my question, but perhaps you I can do. bring your thoughts to that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll do it first. This is Kat again, just so that I can follow up on what I said. It, it's kind of basically from the psychological point of view, Psychology 101. The quickest way to change somebody else's behavior is to change yours first. Thank you. So whether you're receiving the chaos or doling out the chaos, some of the people listening to your show may suddenly become aware of the fact that they're doling out chaos. And the quickest way to change the response 
they're getting in order to change the behavior is to change their behavior. If you want the person who is yelling at you or being abusive to you to change their behavior, you must first change yours. Mm-hmm. And that's just psychology 101, and that's the psychology behind mm-hmm. chaos to clarity. First mm-hmm. step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, this is Patricia, and um, I think in the book what, what's really important that I, we were really careful about doing is we were very careful about not teaching or preaching you know, because I think in answer to your question, um, Denise, you know, people are at different points in their journey. People have different pain points. People have had different experiences. And I think that it's also very, um, one of the things that I'm very sensitive to is, is not trying to tell people you know, what they should do or how they should do it. I feel like I did that in the early part of my life and, um, you know, realize, realize you know, that <clears throat> really isn't the way to, to approach things. And so in Cast of Clarity, we were really careful to have people just tell their stories. And if there was any teaching or preaching in them, we asked them, you know, we, we edited it out, actually, because, mm-hmm. because people will receive what they're ready to receive. People will, re- will receive more actually, if they don't feel that they're being judged or preached to, to do a certain, do things a certain way. And mm-hmm. so there's such a power, there's such a resonance. I mean, storytelling is, is as old as time. I mean, it's how we have communicated, you know, since, since ancient, ancient times. And, there, and there's a lot of reasons for that, right? And the biggest reason is because um, there's such a connection in seeing yourself or um, feeling an emotion, that someone else has experienced through the telling of stories. And so um, I would say that we, it's not our responsibility, and I don't think it's our ability either to get anybody to do anything else. All we can do is show up in full integrity and full honesty and full authenticity and full love and share our experiences um, and let others receive what they're mm-hmm. ready to receive. Um, mm-hmm. Having said that, it does not mean that there isn't some wisdom that we gain through experience, you know, experience mm-hmm. is the greatest teacher. And so to honor that part of it, we asked all of our authors also to answer the question, if I knew then what I know now, mm-hmm. what words of wisdom would you share? And we have a section in the book of, you know, it's 100 words or less, you know, give it to us straight. And... <laughs> People can, you know, they really share some really beautiful wisdom reflections on on what they've learned. And I think that, again, it's not telling people, well, make sure you do this. It says, this is what I've learned. And then people can meet that where where and when they're ready. So here's another thought. Um, With with what you just said, uh, it's an offering. The book is an offering. And uh, but when the writing of a book is um, is set to make change naturally, the way that uh, you set it up, um, from the view of the reader, working with the effects. So I'm I'm thinking about if the book is full of good things, then it wouldn't be that difficult to digest. But when the when we're looking at truth, when it's full of truth, that is very changeable. 
In other words, how do we proceed? How do you how do we help others with that? The potency, the power of it, the the potential of it. Um, and how how do how, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, this is Pat, and I think you know, kind of building on what uh, Reverend Patricia just said. Um, our authors, rather than teaching or preaching in their stories, they actually led by example. There was a moral to every story, but the authors allowed the reader to take away the moral to the story that fit them at this time in their life. In other words, Mm -hmm. right now we are all exactly where we need to be, and we can't be anywhere else, either emotionally or, or really physically. So um, our, our, our authors were not teaching or preaching, but they were leading, and they were offering through their experience, their, their experience of the chaos and how they came to a clarity. Every single story came to clarity, and, and that's the gift that keeps mm-hmm. on giving. Mm-hmm. Thank that you. That's definitely a point that all of the stories, you know, end with, even if it's not a positive outcome, a positive perspective, right? Because perspective actually is, I believe, is everything. But I think more so um, what was created with this book, and I just, you know, we have different sections, and part three is grief and loss, let the circle be unbroken. And at the beginning of each section, we just have a short um, piece of poetry or writing and um, and this is one of mine, and and I just want to read it really quickly because I think it I think it answers the question. And and the writing at the beginning of Let the Circle Be Unbroken says, "What if we choose to be the light in another's darkness, hold space for another's pain, be a balm on another's mm-hmm. wound, be comfortable in our uncomfortableness for another?" Thank you. And. You know, and to me, that's really powerful. I wrote that years ago, and it's about creating space. Mm-hmm. It's about, you know, just the allowing um, for others to have their experience. And so I invite the readers, you know, some of the stories are very, are very difficult. I absolutely will, will not deny that, and some of them are funny, and some of them are joyful. But the, the point of it is that, as you said, it's real, and it's real emotion, and, um, but we move through it, and really every story kind of comes out on the other side. So there's hope. There's hope. Mm-hmm. They can go into the stories and know that they'll come out um, feeling more hopeful and inspired as well. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking the truth, it, it's spiritual, and speaking honestly can be difficult. So when it opens us to a reality that um, that can be very dark, uh, when our process puts us at the edge of the experience, the, at the edge of that envelope, uh, how we find our spiritual grounding um, uh, speaks of the way. And I'm I'm... For some, this is very dangerous because it's not familiar and it's not comfortable, and they don't, they don't have the grounding. But what you just, what you just said is that it's an issue of faith, and it's an issue. It's necessary to, to be able to allow that light for ourselves, and for others to find. 
and I'm I'm appreciating your little poem. We're going to be uh, taking a break in in about three minutes, but I'd like to maybe ask you: Do you have um, any uh, information for our, our listeners right now as to how they can access the book or um, anything about your publishing that you'd like to tell us about? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Chaos to Clarity, Sacred Stories of Transformational Change is the title of the book. Uh, it's available through Amazon Worldwide, Booksellers Worldwide, and direct um, with links as well on sacredstoriespublishing.com. And there's actually even a, a link to read an excerpt on sacredstoriespublishing.com. And I, yeah, I invite all of you readers to check it out. It's um, it's pretty special. It really is. It's a pretty special book. Thank you. We're, we're highlighting here that the the book is touching on um, an area, a space, a very special space that we can we can actually formally develop together uh, in 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 kindness. And uh, Five Blossom Gatherings has made you know little little strides over the past year in making. Um, Space, we'll say, we'll call it a climate of care, or uh, an envelope of care for for us to share. And in doing that, uh, we also came up with this sensitive idea of stewardship, and how for some people the earth uh, is what is all there is. And it's it's a very special way of relating, and the development of that relationship is 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 an opportunity, is a potential for everybody. So we developed a little webinar that will uh, sensitively help hold that that space in likeness, and we call it uh, Earth Stewardship. So for those of you interested uh, who'd like to know a little bit about that, uh, fiveblossomgatherings.com, Earth Stewardship webinar, um, you know, it's something that's a little sharing for everybody. So as we're we're going to break, uh, is there anything else you'd like to share with our our listeners here today? Uh, we're going to pick it up after the break uh, with much more. Uh, any comments? No, I think uh, I think we pretty much covered everything. Um, uh, and Patricia said it so well. If if you do go to my website, Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis and click on books, it will take you to Chaos to Clarity. And underneath Chaos to Clarity are some of the TV interviews uh, that we've collected so far. One is of Patricia, uh, Reverend Patricia Caginello on um, a TV show, and then our uh, beloved Dennis Patoko, who's the CEO of uh, Biz Catalyst 360 magazine, and he has been uh, involved in the creation of this book with us. So if you'd like to, to see more about uh, the book, you can go there, and I'm going to be uploading the YouTube shows that I have been doing on my Cat Cannabis show onto that page. And uh, you can also click the link to hear the commercial that's on my show, Dream, Dreaming Healing, on Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Oh, thank you so much, Kat. That's great. So we're going to take a break, and we'll see you in a moment. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
Five Blossom Gatherings is the website and program from Denise Richard. By visiting fiveblossomgatherings.com, you'll find out more about Denise's professional Tai Chi and Qigong services. Explore her website and view works of art and much more. You can book healing and counseling sessions with Denise. She works with clients who have health interests and concerns. Her programs include knowing your whole body, self-care for your health, and inspiring wholeness. Visit 5BlossomGatherings.com today. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to 5 Blossom Radio. Connect with the program today by calling in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to five blossom gatherings at gmail.com. Now, back to Five Blossom Radio. So, welcoming you back. This is Denise Richard talking with Patricia Cagnino and Kathleen O'Keefe Canavos, authors of Chaos to Clarity. So, we're talking about sacred stories of transformational change. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, looking at this issue. I have a sensitive relationship with spirituality as my work has been um, a varied religions, supporting varied religions, and also uh, working with indigenous culture. So I, in my, in my travels and in my studies uh, and in my research, I've come to uh, really appreciate when uh, people are brave, uh, people are courage of heart, and I'm thanking you both for being here and sharing this um, this unique work with with us. I'd like to um, bring a thought forward and ask for your 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 opinions on this. In the process of writing and in the process of sharing, uh, but more importantly, the process of contemplation. Uh, the awareness that the openness of mind, the the clarity of mind, is something that we hear about and we speak to, but we don't often get a chance to view it from the perspective that you're bringing forward. And I, what I'd like to ask about is your comments on the mind, clarity of mind, because you talk about clarity, going from chaos, now we're going into clarity. And I'd love to hear from you a bit about your thoughts on the clarity that it brings to share clarity of mind, and also your, your, your thoughts on the mind itself. Well, this is Patricia, and, and I'll start, because uh, I'll start from the emotional, spiritual perspective, and then, um, Kat, you can share from the psychological, but... Mm-hmm. The what I find and where my turning point was, and another reason why this book was so important to me, is that my turning point in my 
the chaos, when I started to be able to move into clarity or from the, the pain into the healing, was when I realized that I wasn't alone. You know, I mean, I think when, when different things are happening and we're feeling intense emotional pain, you know, a lot of times we don't share it. People keep it very close to the vest because, one, how do you share it? What do you say? And, two, you know, people say, how are you? You know, most of the time you say fine because, because what else, you know, you don't even, I didn't think most people really wanted to know. And if you told them, you know, they usually didn't ask again. Um, and so I was alone in my pain in many ways, even though people was around me. And it was difficult to move through pain when you really are alone, right? And it wasn't until I had an experience that, you know, somebody reached out and through their words, I knew, I felt that they had felt the pain that I had was feeling. They understood my emotions, and I was shocked by that. I was honestly shocked by that um, because I didn't think anybody else could ever understand. And it was in that moment, Denise, that I was able to kind of look outside of myself on, on, in, in such a way that I hadn't before, and I could look at the world around me and I felt part of something again. Even if I felt connected through pain, I felt that I was connected to others. And, and that was my turning point in, in moving forward, knowing I really wasn't alone. Um, there's a real comfort and there's a real strength you can draw from that. And so part of the mind, I think, is we get so into our mind, our brain tells us all these crazy things, and when many of them are not truths, they're just, you know, they're just our thoughts um, streaming through our head. So when we can get out of our thoughts and our mind and we can connect on an emotional level with others and know that we are not alone, it really is kind of that hand up and that hand out. And, and that was the other reason that I really wanted to do this book because when people can read other people's stories, they will know they're not alone. They will know that other people understand how they're feeling and they could, you know, hopefully it will be part of their process to move mm-hmm. into a, a better place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Kat, do you have any thoughts? Yes. I, um, in, in, uh, I, I believe that the mind wants concrete answers. (laughs) And when we open our heart, the mind will follow and actually vice versa. So in the story uh, that I wrote in the book, the moon was full the night my mother died. I was so devastated by her death that um, my my belief system was challenged by my Mm -hmm. mind. I, I didn't want to hear, oh, she's in a better place. No, I wanted to know exactly where she was. Uh, mm-hmm. That was the mind coming in, wanting um, and resisting change. Death is a not natural part of, of life. It's, it made the circle be unbroken is the title of that, that section in the book because it is unbroken. And it wasn't until I, I came in from um, the you know, sitting outside looking at the beautiful silver shining moon and deciding that that was going to be my mother's and my symbol of love forever. When I looked at the full moon, I would see my mom knowing that wherever she was, I couldn't always, you know, explain it all, but that she would be looking at it too. And I climbed into bed and I I snuggled up against my husband and it was at that moment that I suddenly smelled my mother and I felt her snuggle up 
against me and wrap her arms around me. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized that when you relax your heart and you relax your mind, that they can uh, work together. And that's when I realized that love never dies. My mind accepted it. My, my spirit accepted it. And suddenly I, had, I came to terms with a very, very difficult um, passage uh, that I had to go through in life. And uh, love never does die. Wow, that's beautiful. I'm appreciating both of your answers. I, I get this warm feeling of, um, of understanding where the basics of relationship are, are like everything in life. It's like a, a pulse, a coming together and a, and a moving apart. It's a continual, let's say, momentum. And sometimes it's, it's very present in our awareness and sometimes not. So the losing of a parent is the coming apart. But also the, the, the process you both speak to, which is coming into a process that is painful and not losing the threads, not losing the contact with self, not losing contact with our world, and yet moving into, let's say, a muddy place, into a place that feels, you know, has has a little bit more meaning or a little bit more clarity to it. So I, I, I'm so I'm so touched by your answers and I'm thanking you. This is the moment where I ask you, I was wondering when you wrote wrote the the title, uh, the word sacred came in. And uh, because that's how you entitled it. And I was wondering, what makes a story sacred? Like, how, how would you define that? And I feel like we're on the threads of that. Can you speak to that? Would you like to share a little bit more? Well, <clears throat> this is Patricia. My, um, my company, both of my companies, one is Sacred Stories Media and one is Sacred Stories <clears throat> Publishing. And the reason that it's, they're called Sacred Stories is because through part of my journey, I realized that I was a sacred storyteller and that I learned through my stories, I teach through my stories, I experience life uh, through living my story. And the reason it's sacred storyteller is because I believe that all life is sacred, you know, human and, and other sentient beings, um, all of the natural world, that everything is sacred and everything should be honored um, everything should be respected, uh, regardless of circumstance, regardless of, you know, any physical um, outer trappings that, you know, we may be inhabiting. And so every story is a sacred story, and, um, and that's why they're called sacred stories of transformational change. Hmm. I remember mm-hmm. long ago I was working with one of my elders uh, who uh, picked up a stone, and looked at me and said, that's sacred. And she wrapped her hand around the stone and held it and said, the stone remembers. Mm -hmm. Everything you've done, everything you do, is held in memory on on the earth level. And therefore, everything you do is sacred. Mm -hmm. So that was a good moment of what you just said, that in your view if you walk in a sacred way, if you walk with intention and with heart, it adds to that view of it's sacred. It's intended. It's clear that the heart's going to be part of the process. Kathleen, would you like to add to that? 
Sure. Kind of empowering what you said earlier about that coming together and moving apart. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of visualized when you said that, uh, that is the breath of life on a universal level of oneness. <laughs> and so the sacred story uh, energy uh, contained in these stories is the sacred thread of belief in a higher power. And, and I think just about every story has its sacred moment of surrendering to that power when, when the change becomes so great as to devour the writer. They, they throw their hands up and say, basically, they will be done. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I certainly did. And mm-hmm. that's when the higher power, whatever it is, stepped in and carried them over that last, mile Mm -hmm. that they needed to walk. And that's what, you know, into their clarity, it it helped them when they surrendered. Because when they surrendered, they not only surrendered their mind, body, spirit, they surrendered the ideology that had been holding them in Mm -hmm. that place. At least Mm -hmm. that's what I saw when I was reading it. And suddenly that became a sacred surrender. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're talking very um, specifically about a process of letting go that, um, I mean, I think we can practice and practice and practice and still find that, you know, we're going to have to learn a few things. <laughs> it's it, Every day brings us uh, the opportunity to breathe, but not every breath is easy to manage when things happen around you with so much stimulation. Mm-hmm. You, you talk about the delicateness of that in your book with uh, a term called the butterfly effect, which I have a lot of respect for. Would you like to um, perhaps uh, maybe speak a little bit more to that? Sure, I'll start, Patricia, and then then you can take it (laughs) from there this time. So the butterfly effect, we saw that just, just rather unfolding. Much of this book unfolded. We, we set very, very few parameters for the book other than we wanted the hero's journey and we wanted to see the positive aspect of that journey at the end. And what, what developed was this butterfly effect where we suddenly realized we're all connected through universal oneness. And the, the butterfly effect is part of chaos. Uh, effect, mm-hmm. which is a mathematical equation that, that scientifically proves that even if a butterfly in China bats its little wings, we can feel it over here on this side of the world because all of the molecules for the air are interconnected. Everything mm-hmm. is interconnected. And so a lot of the, the, the stories in the book, Chaos to Clarity, deal with um, we all are feeling the, the effect of the changes going on in the earth. And, and because we're connected through universal oneness, we feel that. And so uh, I think at the end of the book, we mentioned that if, if when you're reading the book, you know, you sigh as you're reading it, that, that, that sigh that, that comes from you can become the breath of life for somebody mm-hmm. else across the world or the wind beneath their wings. Mm-hmm. If they're trying out their wings for the first mm-hmm. time, if they've made their um, transformation, their transformation mm-hmm. change. Your breath from reading the book could be the wind, the wind beneath mm-hmm. their wings. And that's 
butterfly effect. Hmm, lovely. Thank you. And Patricia, any comments? I think I'd just like to add to that because, you know, Kat, you, you really kind of summed it up. But I think what's important that I'd like to share is that knowing that, knowing that we are all connected, that there is a oneness, that we are connected to all that is, and we, we're basically swimming through energy. You know, there really is no space. And that our, so that means that our, our thoughts, our words, our deeds have power, right? They have meaning. And so I would just um, encourage everyone to, to understand or to acknowledge the consciousness that you're currently holding and, and to, um, to encourage you to hold as high a consciousness as you can um, because you matter. You know, you matter in so many ways and your words, your thoughts, your actions matter. And so we're all kind of in this together and, and, and wonder what a beautiful world we can create if we all understand that we can have each other's back and that what we're doing, instead of creating maybe a negative impact on others, could create a positive impact on others. Um, and so, you know, I would just like to do a big invitation to everyone mm-hmm. to remember the butterfly effect, remember universal oneness, and remember that even the smallest of your actions have, mm-hmm. um, have value and meaning and impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I like about the, the concept or even the, the thought of the butterfly uh, being sacred uh, has to do with the with my my sense of butterflies don't harm butterflies are gentle butterflies are so tender and they face the truth of experience with diligence and at that edge at the edge of their experience at the edge of experience uh, the story they tell. Uh, is one of, of, of interconnectedness, completely complete interconnectedness. And I'm thanking you. It brings me to a, um, a question, another, another sense of that means that the, if, if, I, if I follow through on what you've both said around the butterfly effect, that the actions, as you said, we take, if, uh, if, if they're done consciously and if they're done kindly, um, speak of a discernment, a discerning, a discerning way. Um, it's a heartfelt issue for me. I, I appreciate the, the nature of uh, what we're doing and I appreciate the nature of writing a book and, um, and the amount of potential it can bring for us. Those who can't share, and I'm going to come back around a little bit here, and those who can't share, those who aren't able to do that opening of heart, um, the, there's a challenge there because many times people are taken by the experience, by the sometimes by the pain of, of our world, and, um, and through the telling, they, they, they feel misled. And um, discernment of heart, the delicateness of that, uh, looks to see that the information we share is good. So, supporting a spiritual model that's for growth and for care and care of ourselves and care of our, our communities and our humanity um, 
And my question to you is if you have any reflections on uh, when the effect is strong for others. Perhaps we're recycling a little bit here, but I, I would love for you to come back to what you've said if you have any extra thoughts there. I'll let you start, Patricia, since I started last time. I, you know, I think I think I like that you brought up the idea of discernment because I, because also what I find in, in being a publisher and, and having many people reach reach out to us, um, you know, I hear a lot of stories and a lot of people don't feel safe to to maybe share authentically from their heart because they do feel that they are being judged or will be judged or you know it will impact their life in in um in ways that maybe they're not ready to handle. And what I would say to everyone in, in that situation in, in, is, yes, please use your discernment because, you know, I don't think we're in the world yet and, and you may not have the community or family around you yet that, that can really fully create that sacred space for you, for you to fully be verbally maybe who you would like to be. So use your discernment on on what feels right to you. And mm-hmm. if it doesn't feel right to you, that's perfectly okay. Like it's mm-hmm. okay also not to necessarily express um, maybe your, your, um, your deepest story to everyone. Um, and I think that, but I think what is, is important that whether it's through the reading of other stories or other things that you can do, that it is important for you to be able to come to a place within yourself that you feel honored and you feel real and, and you feel authentic and know that even if the outside world maybe isn't ready for everything or your community isn't, that that's okay, you know, and to do mm-hmm. what feels right for you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Any thoughts, Kat? Sure. Um, I think, you know, it, it's normal for people to sometimes feel like they, they can't open. And, and um, one of the beautiful things about Chaos to Clarity, the book, is that it leads by example, Not again, not preaching and not teaching. So simply by reading the stories in there, you can have thought incubation, much like dream in- incubation. And, and we do have a couple of dreams. In, in the book where the authors use their dreams as um, guidance and, and, and discernment on mm-hmm. how to move forward. So, you know, thought incubation can, can sometimes be very helpful when mm-hmm. you feel that you can't really open up completely and, and, and you think you can't take the first step and change, but sometimes just the thought can be the first step. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's that's sensitive, and it's good for people to know that there are ways that they can approach the bigness of what's being offered, and or it's not just the book itself. It's just a, t- a thought on on proceeding anywhere where it's tough. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, we only have a few minutes left. It's gone so fast. I would love for you to maybe bring, uh, you have a little section that says words of wisdoms. I think it's a great way to finish our talk today. Um, is maybe a way each of you have a thought, um, a word, a, an area that you thought was really special to you? Um, I'd like to read, <clears throat> actually I'll, I'll read one that is special to me and, and 
definitely seems to be resonating with many people. It's called Bring It On, and it was, it's from our author, Enrita Melchizedek. And Enrita says, if I knew then what I know now, I wouldn't change a thing. I would still have shouted, Bring It On, Universe. My deepest challenges have brought about the greatest soul blossomings. Mm-hmm. Surrendering to each moment has forged the ability to see the perceived blessings and all that arises from the heart of compassion and the emptiness of the lower mind. Each step reveals a higher path to love until love is all there is. Ah, oh, thank you. I love that. I love that. So in our, um, in our timely fashion, uh, it's it's actually on the hour almost, so we're going to have to say goodbye. Uh, Kat, is there a last piece you'd like to share? Yes, I, I will share Deborah Bouvet's, and uh, hers is a life is a journey. Love is all there is, and she says I would wrap myself in love and comfort while journeying through grief and devastation. I would know no one is ever alone as we are guided each and every day. I would know life on earth is designed with ebbs and flows, with lessons through many experiences. This is the gift, yes. We can find inner power through tragedy, but we don't have to continue the struggle by creating thoughts rooted in a victim mindset. We can choose to set ourselves free. Our loved one wants this for us when we do this. Our gratitude grows exponentially, and we find peace within. Oh, very nice. Very, very nice. So I'm uh, having to close up here, and I'm very, very delighted to have had you both as my guests, as well as I'm really happy to feel that there's such a a profound, uh, there's a field here. I can feel the listeners uh, in having enjoyed this, and it's a sensitive butterfly effect, we'll say. Um, So thank you to both of you. Is there a last comment on how they can access your book? Uh, thank you. Yes, Chaos to Clarity, Sacred Stories of Transformational Change is available uh, on sacredstoriespublishing.com and you can read an excerpt. There's links to purchase it around the world or just go direct to Amazon or your favorite booksellers. Um, it will be available. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Denise. This is Denise Rashard. Denise, I'd just like to add yes. quickly that we, that Patricia and I are getting ready to do our second book and if your listeners are interested, if they're authors, fledgling authors, you know, go to the website and see how to get in touch with us to send your um, your story in for the next book. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much for that comment. That's a good one. That's a good little gift to our, our listeners today. Mm-hmm. So thanking you both. This is Denise Richard of Five Blossom Radio. Thank you for joining us this week for Five Blossom Radio with Denise Richard. Please tune into our next program. We're live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we speak again, may you have a harmonious week.